hands to him. Let's just bless him again. He daily loads us with benefits. He's giving praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. He's worthy. Let's give him praise. He has done so much for us. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You can. Thank you very much, Pure Streams. Can we appreciate the worship team? God bless you. All right. And then before you sit down, please just greet the person next to you. And let's just um, say something kind and nice to them. And then let's have our seats. Amen. Are you glad to be here today? We give God praise. It's been an amazing weekend. How many of us had fun yesterday? We thank God. And we had so much fun. Some people are not yet in church. We'll meet you when you... We're waiting for you when you come. Amen. Amen. So good to uh, be with us again today. God has been so kind. Happy anniversary once again. Um, We really, really thank God. Eight years. Anything you do for eight years, uh, good or bad, is not a joke. So many things can happen. In eight years, but we thank God that we're still we're still here. Some of us have been here from day one. Some of us joined us on our way, but we thank God that we're here, and God has been very, very good to us. Do you believe God has been good to us as a house? And we give Him all the praise and all the glory. Are we ready for the word this morning? I have something to share with you, and I believe that it will it will bless you. I hope I can finish it in the time that I have. But if we can't finish it, we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up some other time. Let's turn our Bibles to Second Timothy. Chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
verse 16. Are we there? Are we there? Are you cold? Please, I need to, I need to feel your energy. It's too early to be sleeping. So, but if you are still feeling sleepy, you could just stand, quickly go and wash your face and, and come back. But please don't sleep. Today is a good day. Amen. So the Bible says, all scripture, can everyone say all scripture? Is given by inspiration of God. No, I just wanted you to say all, all scripture. Okay, so all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. That the man of God may be what? Complete. This man of God doesn't just speak about um, people in the fivefold. He's talking about you, so don't, don't remove yourself from here. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every, every what? Amen. I want to speak to us this morning on what I have called. If, as we go along, if you feel you have a better topic that suits what we're discussing, you can discard this one and add your own. But for now, um, I want to speak to us on what I have called understanding the epistles. Understanding the epistles. So then we'll say some things and then we'll, we'll just run very quickly and we'll trust God that it will be, it will be a good time. Amen. Amen. But before we, before I take you on this short journey, let me just issue a, a disclaimer. Let me just say what I'm not saying so that we'll get that out of the way very quickly so that you can hear me. Um, with your heart. So, I'm talking to us about understanding the epistles, but thank God we're starting from here. So, I'm not saying that all you should read, you know, that's how heresy, that would just be, that would just be heretic. In fact, as we continue, possibly I would quote some scriptures from the Old Testament, and all of that. So, when I talk about understanding the epistles, I'm not saying that we should discard. You know, there are people today that believe that we should um, discard the Old Testament, that it doesn't really have much uh, value for us today. But that's just... That's just um, BS. Amen. That's holy enough for me. That's just BS. So just discard, discard that. If you don't know what BS means, ask your neighbor. Amen. All right. So we're not saying discard the Old Testament. 
discard the gospels, but there is something in the epistles for you and for me that we need to understand and we need to appreciate and we need to grow in. So that's the context of this conversation this morning. And as we, as we go on, you would understand why this is very important. So do we, are we good with that disclaimer? So that's out of the way, Abby. All right. So the scriptures as we have it, literally, it means, it has many meanings, but the one that I want to use today, it, it means the scriptures literally mean a document. In John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus said, you search the scriptures. You, do you remember that scripture? He says, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So this word scripture, it speaks of document. Another meaning um, the literal meaning from the Greek, it also speaks of somebody's biography. Okay? And then it has other meanings, but let's stay with document. I'm talking to us today about understanding the what? The epistles. By the way, the epistles are letters written by the apostles to churches and to individuals is that okay so that's the that's the literal meaning of epistles and the epistles what forms the epistles from romans all the way to jude okay so the gospels are not the epistles in this in this context that's why i had to issue that disclaimer so that you don't think that it's only romance to Jude that we should now be we should now be reading that won't be accurate the bible says all scripture you see if you are not looking for what is not lost all means all there's no greek word anywhere all scripture is given by inspiration of god that word inspiration it means the breath of God. It means the life of God. But we're talking about understanding the epistles. What makes the epistles um, a big deal? Are we, are we following this? In a very, very... Um, the epistles... So I said the scripture is literally a document. The most practical aspect... Of this document is the epistles. The most, the aspect of this document that deals with people trying to live daily for God is the epistles. Do you, do you have an idea of where we're going now? In fact, in a very uh, in a very technical sense, 
the Old Testament was not written to you. And I hope I don't lose you at this point. This is what I'm, I'm trying to say. When you read the Old Testament, what is the summary of the Old Testament? It tells us about God, and then it tells us about the early history of the world, and then it tells us about God's dealings with his holy people that time. People we now know as the, the Jews. You know, sometimes some people say we're, we're uh, spiritual Jews. I don't mean to uh, bust your bubble, but it's not really like that. Amen. At least to a, at least to a, to somebody that is a Jew genetically, you are not a Jew. Amen. Are you angry? You are not a Jew in that, in that sense. You know, they say Igbo people are like Jews. All those things are just, we're just coming ourselves. There are aspects of God's dealings with his people in the Old Testament that are purely um, historical. If you try to carry some of those things over into the New Testament, into the epistles, they don't really carry much value like that. Amen. It doesn't matter how many times anybody goes to Israel today. If you are not born again, you are not born again. You know all those people that travel, go to Israel and put JP by their name. Please, if you're a member of this house, don't, don't do that if you, if you go to Israel. At least I would defend you. You won't be my friend. Some people just believe they have made it in life. Once they go to Jerusalem and come back. Because they are not up to date with God's current program. And they are still... Now, don't misunderstand me. The Jews are um, fantastic people. Any opportunity that I have to go to Israel, I'm not even sure if I'll pray before I go. Because it's a very beautiful country. And they always, always fascinate. If Jews are somewhere, you will know that some people are around. What they do, the experts they do in business and all of that. But you get the point. So in a, in a very strict technical sense, the Old Testament was not, um, it wasn't written, it wasn't written to you. But the epistles... You know, I said they are from Romans to Jude. They were not just written to the people um, of that time. Unless I will show you from Scripture. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 1. Understanding the epistles. The epistles contain such a life force that is needed for overcoming in these last days. And I believe that one of the things as a house, I don't know everything, but I know this for sure, that the 
You know, on Wednesday, Pizak was when he was uh, wrapping up Pastor Lalo's preaching. I don't know how many of us were listening. He began to say things like his, his preaching is a life. How many of us remember? He says he doesn't really have to do anything again to prove anything to anybody. You are the result of that preaching. The preaching is a life. What we're engaging is living. It's a life. And that's what I want to highlight again this morning with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that as a house, we are now going to be um, doing life and doing everything that we do together at a higher level. I want you to know that there is nothing, there is nothing, um, if you're engaging this thing as you should, there won't be anything dead around you. Amen. For example, the Bible says that all scripture, one of the reasons for scripture, the Bible says it's for correction. Now, correction is not just correction. I was listening to a man of God the other day, and he was saying that one of the meanings of the word correction is to keep rising from what should what should have knocked you down on your face flat what am i saying that even in our even in our rebuke even when pastor rebukes any one of us there is life contained in that rebuke there is life do you understand this and this is what the epistles deal with. It was written to people, first of all, that are now born again and trying to live their daily lives according to the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Does that describe you? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustains our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth. So I was trying to say that the epistles were written to not just the churches of that time, but it was expanded to contain Christians of all ages. And you will see this now. It says to those who are, so it has dealt with the church at Corinth. I don't even know where Corinth is on the map today. You might have to do a lot of tracing and get into a lot of research. So these ones have lived and they have gone. But these epistles, they are still breathing. They are still pumping and if you if you would engage it the way god will have you engage it you will always have life you see because where when we were doing um when we were doing the the video the anniversary video and they they asked me um 
what are we, I can't remember how they couched it, but they said, what is the, what is the projection? I don't know if they added years. One of the things I will, probably the only thing I, I said, I said where I see us taking more, more territories. And then Pisa came up that day, and then he said he had a conversation with PK, and that was what PK, that was one of the things PK, PK said to him. You see, one of the, one of the, one of the reasons we would take more territories is the life that we have, the life that we are, we are dispensing. Amen. I want you to know that in this room, in this atmosphere, there is nothing that is dead. What we're engaging is a living substance. It is real. The epistles deal with real life, real issues, and you see the power of transformation. Hallelujah. So, he was talking about people... As I said, people that are born again. Okay, let's finish this. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So it wasn't just for the Corinthian church. There's something here for you and God will have you engage it as you should engage it let's quickly go to Ephesians chapter 1 is this making any sense at all to us understanding the epistles I've also found out that contained in the epistles so I was saying that the most practical aspect of this document is the epistles Emphasis on the most practical. So we're not saying the other parts are not practical. But you know in school they taught us um, past. Is that, the, is that the comparative? Amen. So as you are measuring, if, if we're measuring how practical this document is it keeps rising do you understand it keeps growing and then the epistles when you get to the epistles as regards common life community life life in christ loving one another living for god the epistles show this in the most practical way amen And that's why you have to understand it. You see, I'm trusting God for you. How many of us normally hear Pizak when he says he's done with maybe drama or just preaching to impress? You normally, you know, he says that a lot. Amen. One of the reasons that is possible. Is because of the, the life force that is flowing. You see, when you engage this life as you should, you are done with, with all of that. 
For example, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying now, I'm also done, by the way, because I'm, I'm following him as he's doing. That's what I'm doing also. I'm done with good preaching. You see, what I'm saying now, whether you are blessed or not, that's your personal problem. But I know that what I'm saying can change your life. If you, if you listen and you, if you listen with your heart. So I'm not trying to do Greek, Hebrew, all those ones. There's no, if I say it, it's just for, it's just for understanding. But I believe what I'm saying and I'm, I'm leaving it. I'm subscribed to it and it is changing my life. Hallelujah. So there is a life, there is a life force contained in the epistles that is necessary for our daily living. One of the most profound statements, SOD was amazing. It was beautiful. How many sessions of teaching? I think about 12. And you should go back and listen. But one of the statements I don't think I will ever forget Friday morning. What day was Friday morning? Day what? Day six. So if you go to YouTube, day six, morning session. We're talking about Mammon. And Pizak made a very, very profound statement. He said, he said, most people are concerned about success. But victory, victory is the mother of success. Hallelujah. He says you can have success without victory. Amen. But you will notice that the life of God is always concerned about victory. The Bible says whatsoever. I love that scripture. First John 5, 4. It says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Okay, so we're talking about overcoming daily. Amen. You see, Jesus does not call us to only win one battle and lose the rest. In fact, the word overcome in Revelations 3 verse 5, Jesus says to him that overcomes, he says, I will not um, blot out his name from the book of life. That word overcome, the, in the original rendering, the tense there is a, is present continuous. It says, he that is, the actual rendering is, he that is overcoming. It's a state of overcoming. Anyway you bring the battle, we always win. Why is that possible? The life that we have, the flow. We're giving life, we're receiving life. And then you are just in that, that's your world. That's your, that's your ecosystem. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I read something very interesting this week. Something secular, not even the scripture. They were talking about um, resilience. And you know, when you hear resilience, what comes to your mind? Ability to endure, Abby. Yeah. Ability to go through. But even in even the secular people, they are now discovering that a resilient person is not just is not 
just the person that can endure adversity. It's the person that can, that knows how to um, recharge. So you are not enduring adversity and then you're almost, you're almost dead. But you go through all of that, but there is a life that keeps coming to you. So you are, you are fresh. It's as if the, the thing is just starting. That is the life that is pumping. I just want you to appreciate the fact that all around this room, for example, there is life flowing. It, it's, it's like a human being that is, that is breathing. Amen. Amen. And that's why I'm sharing this with us. You, because the way the apostles, the apostles wrote those letters, the first thing they were, what was the substance of fellowship, what we gather around is the life, the life that is flowing. And that is what makes you an overcomer. You are always victorious. I was saying that, or Pizak was saying, and I'm recording it, victory is the mother of happiness. This is of success. This is why I know that we, as a house, for example, we will harass the enemy. We would bully the enemy because we are victorious. He has nothing on us. There is life all around you. Nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is not just... This is not just good, good preaching. The, and this life, it has a way of um, vaccinating us against the spirit of the age. Remember, we're living, the epistles were written to people living daily. Not people performing. That's why the epistles are the reason why I know that if there is need for another Bible today, you will be there. Pisa could be there. Normal, ordinary people. People living for God. Real life, real people. Many of them didn't even know that they would. Do you understand? We're not performing. We're living. But that life has so much, so much force. So it vaccinates us against the spirit of the age. I'm going to end this conversation by talking about um, deception. There is a life that you would carry that, you see, one of the amazing things about deception, there are two ways. Satan can either deceive you or you can deceive yourself. And I will show you about three or four ways that people deceive themselves today. There is a way you can live your life. You see, life can, life can push you to a corner where you are just deceiving yourself. But there is a force that you can carry in your heart and in your mind and in your soul that will not make that possible. I was telling us that correction, for example, there is a lot of life in correction. There's a lot of life in rebuke. You see, when you see, let me borrow Pizak's words, when you see, for example, poverty that is congealed. Do you know poverty that is congealed? Generation 
to generation, what some people call generational curse. Many times, it is rooted in despising correction. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 18. You see, that's why I told you that even though I'm talking about the epistles, I'm not saying read only the epistles. That will be pure. You see, I'm, I'm quoting Proverbs now. If all you hear is read Romans to Jude, you are, you are on your own. Proverbs 13, 18. Look at it. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction. But he who regards a rebuke will be what? Honored. There is a life. Rebuke that God calls rebuke. Not rebuke that you don't like. You know, there are people, some people are just brash. Talk to people anyhow. No. You know, yesterday, Pizak was talking about loving ourselves, but loving God first. That if, if it's just left to us, we would indulge ourselves and all of that. So, I'm talking about the God kind of the God kind of rebuke. There is a lot of life flowing in that. There is nobody. One of your life hacks is to take correction when it is necessary. Your speed will be faster. You will always rise. I told you, correction is not just correction. It means that you are rising from what should leave you on the floor. What should take you out? And as long as your heart is good, God will always bring honor and correction will always come. Another thing about the epistles is that you, you, you see the heart of God. You see the, the, where those apostles wrote from. You see the purity. You see the love. And as you take that in you will be god's kind of god's kind of person and you'll be able to release life everywhere everywhere that you go is this not beautiful hallelujah let's run very quickly let's go to ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 so we're done with abstract things. Amen. Amen. Because we are living daily. You see, it is people that are not really living that gravitate towards abstract things. But we are talking real life, real issues. You won't have time for for abstract things. Ephesians 1.17, popular scripture. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and knowledge, there is nothing mystical about this wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom here refers to practical, workable principles. Hallelujah. Revelation speaks of clear perception applicable understanding do you understand 
we're living daily. That's why this thing would affect your marriage. It will affect your business. It will affect every area of your life because we're living. My assignment this morning is just to get you again to appreciate the life that is flowing. And you must know how to give it and receive it. There is a perpetual flow of life contained in the epistles that is necessary for you and for me. In Philippians chapter 4, this church was so alive. Let's go to verse 2. You see, when life is flowing, anything cannot go. Amen. Amen. In this church, two sisters were fighting. Sister Yudia and Sister... See what? Ah, I'm hearing different. Eh? Which one are we picking? Eh? Sintish. Ah, Jerry, you're not helping me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now think about it. These people were fighting or they were quarreling. And Paul said, Paul asked the whole church to help them settle their quarrel. This quarrel was affecting what was happening. So just imagine, let's practicalize it now. Two people are fighting in this church. I don't want to give examples because nobody wants it. Nobody wants to come out. And then Pisa comes, maybe on a Sunday like today, and announces to the old church, this person and this person are fighting. You know, by the time Pisa, you know that fight is not a, you know that's not a good, it's not a good situation. Because I believe that they could have settled it before it got to, it got to Paul. Let's go to verse 2. It says, I implore Yudia and I implore Cynthia or whatever, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, we don't know who this true companion is, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Amen. That force, it was, it was flowing. It was alive. So quarrel was not just quarrel. Today people can, people can keep malice for months. Amen. I, I heard one time of a malice that between two men of God, that went on for about 10 years. And then it was another man of God that settled that quarrel at the redemption camp in one of the Holy Ghost services. Just told some of them, you people have quarreled enough, settle now. And they had to settle. Now, how can you keep malice for 10 years? Amen. But it's because we don't know what it is blocking 
how it is affecting us, and we just go on like that. There is a life force flowing that will not just make anything possible. This is why, in this, if you are a member of this house, for example, you would have to, for your life to spoil, you will literally have to, you have to leave us. You have to go very far. Just coming like this, even if you don't have any, even if you don't have any plan for your life, it's too late for your life to spoil. Do you understand? In Acts chapter 4 verse 32, the Bible says that they were of one heart and one soul. That word one heart, it means to breathe spiritually together. You know, if you look at CMS twins, you know sometimes the lung is in, one lung is in one baby, maybe the left lung, the right lung is in the other baby. You know, one baby cannot say, cannot decide to say, cannot decide to do anyhow. Both of them would die. Amen. And that's the, that's the, that's the picture. Are you, are you seeing this now? To breathe spiritually together. There is life in, in correction. There is life in rebuke. Amen. Amen. Don't be somebody that is just, see, I, I was, I was, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it this morning. Um, you know, sometimes if pizza, let me just give you, let me just give you a, 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 so, you know, pizza doesn't talk, uh, all the time. But one of the ways to know that Pizak is not happy with you, one of the ways, not the only way, but one of the ways to know Pizak is not happy with you, if maybe something that you should, you know you should see him for, or you've been talking, and then maybe he has told you, told you, told you, you are not listening. One of the ways you know Pizak is not happy with you, maybe especially on uh, relationship matters. He says, he can say, talk to Pastor Obi. He has said it before. So I'm just repeating, say, talk to Pastor Obi. If Peter Kevar tells you to talk to Pastor Obi, don't, don't say he's delegating. They're about to remove your, your candlestick. You are talking about delegation. Better look for a way to come back. Do you understand this? Amen. He's not delegating anything. There's the part of, there's the part of delegation, but I'm saying that when one of the ways that Peter is done with somebody is that he won't just, he won't just talk to you again. To now make matters worse, if you now come to me, me too, and I'll say, talk to your HOD. You know that you're already, you're already at the door of the church. And if nothing is done quickly, you'll find yourself outside. Maybe you might end up talking to Daddy Freeze, God forbid. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a lot of life that is flowing. And I want you to, I want you to appreciate this. Now, because time is running very quickly, so let me get to the um, crux of the message now.
So the message is just about to, it's just about to start in, in few minutes. But have you been blessed? Okay. So I was saying earlier that the epistles, they vaccinate us against the spirit of the age. They ensure that you live in a way that you are not deceiving yourself. And let's see some of the things that Paul said about deception. Whether Satan is deceiving you or whether you are deceiving yourself. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I think verse 18. Verse 18. Alright, can you see this? It says, let no one do what? Deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. So it means that you can, you can deceive yourself into thinking that you are, you're wise. What is the, what is the chief demon in our generation today? It's wokeism. What is wokeism? People just believe that they are wise. But if you, if you look with the lens of Jesus, you, you see all the, all the foolishness. So he says, let no one deceive himself. So this is one way people can deceive themselves. Let's go to verse 19. He says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Futile means useless, vain. 21. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. So he says, if anybody seems to be wise, he says, the way to get God's wisdom or get God's life is to humble yourself. Amen. I'll tie this up. Let's go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Verse 25. 25. Okay, let, okay, yes. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and you have revealed them to babes. Amen. Amen. And I, as I read this, I, I thought about it. If God hides something from somebody, how will that person ever um, access it? Do you understand? There is a humility that is required to keep receiving and giving the life of God. 
once you allow pride to enter, you are cut off automatically. Amen. Amen. And this is one of the things that we see in the, in the epistles. The heart of that thing. There is a connection between humility and this life force that I'm talking to us about. It says you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. It's almost as if God is swearing that as long as you are proud, you will not see. You know sometimes something is in front of you like this, even physically, and you are looking for it. And God will ensure that you will never see that thing. How many of you, this, how many of you sometimes you have your phone in your hand and you are looking for your phone? That's the picture. It's very, very close to you like this, but you will never, you will never see it. That's why in the final analysis, this thing is about the heart. It's not really about, it's not really about your head. Amen. Amen. Thankfully, thank God, you can have a good head. And a good heart. Thank God you don't have to. You don't have to choose. But if you must ever choose. Between. Having. Which one should be good. It should be your heart. Because that's the one that God. That's the one that God does business with. Amen. Amen. There is a heart posture. That you and I can have. For this. Our day. That will ensure that life keeps coming to us. God things keep coming to us. You keep having access. Remember, wisdom and revelation deals with practical and walkable principles. Amen. Amen. So it shouldn't be only pastor that is done with abstract things. You also come into that flow, come into that life. Tell yourself, you sh- by now you should know that you don't have time. Amen. Anything that is not, is not working. You see, people, I'm going to talk about arguments in a moment. You see, the level, the, the way, how do I put this? The way you argue, your, your level of argument reveals your level of, of deception. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says our, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God. Pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments. Old KJV says imaginations. New KJV says arguments. And you know, arguments is not always between one person and another person. There's a lot of argument that goes on internally. As I'm talking now, somebody might be, might be arguing. What is he saying? What are they saying? You are being deceived. Amen. One of the ways to know that you are overcoming deception is that you are no longer, you are not uh, argumentative. 
what is what is the what is the summary of social media is it not arguments but those arguments it's it's high level spirit warfare it's not just argument it's not just i want to be inquisitive it's not just i'm i'm curious amen there are spirits practically fingering people's brain and then they get into arguing about what should change their life and then they retain their demons amen Amen. you argue about tight argue about marriage all the things that god has put for us to enjoy and have a good life we're arguing so please don't argue the bible says don't deceive yourself if anybody seems to be wise let him let him become let him become a fool let me show you another one first corinthians 15 we looked at this at the video but let's look at it again first corinthians yeah 15 33 first corinthians look at it you know many times we focus on the evil company or evil communication but see do not be deceived dot dot amen Amen. so it means that thinking that evil company will not corrupt good manners is a form of deception already you just believe nothing nothing will happen and by the way evil company is not just human beings your playlist can be evil company ashake antoyosi on your playlist that's evil company amen hallelujah and then you are doing your devotion and you are hearing organize <laughs> every other day now you know that day cannot be organized <laughs> amen because the spirit is contrary hallelujah but that's what we see today people just stresslessly mix everything i love good music evil company corrupts good habits but um, my focus is on that deception dot dot remember when we're doing repellers of so that dot dot came alive dot dot see it again dot dot do not be deceived and this is one area a lot of people are arguing today Some people, some married people, they say they want to, it's short so we can talk freely. They say they want to learn about uh, sex positions. And then they start watching, they start watching uh, porn. Amen. The challenge is that you won't just, by the time you are done with that porn, it's not just the sex positions 
you will learn. You have also learned other things. And then you are, you, you are messed up. Evil company corrupts good manners or good habits. Don't argue. Just leave it as it is. Even if that's not your experience. Just believe that this is true. Paul said, do not be deceived. It means that Satan will, if, if you leave Satan, he will play fast one on you in this area. Amen. And when we say evil company, we're not just, we're not saying, of course, the Bible, this same Paul told us that you would have to leave this world. If you don't want to relate with sinners, you would have 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You would have to leave this world to only be with holy people. So we're not saying don't relate with, but we're talking about your, your inner, your inner circle. Amen. And everybody has, everybody has an inner circle. Another thing about evil company is that in almost every, and this is the scary part, in practically every church, there is evil company. So I want you to trust God, believe God that in this house, you will not be evil company. You didn't say amen. amen. Because we're all at different levels of growth and, and spirituality. It's so easy to be the one corrupting, corrupting another person. That's why we have to deal with things like gossip, malice, and all those things. In many churches. So evil company is not just people that are outside. As a pastor, for example, some association of ministers can be evil company. Because when we say evil company, you, you just think it's uh, we're talking about uh, whiskey and David. Christians can also be evil company. So you have to be you have to be discerning. That's why you can't have ten friends pulling you in different directions. You can't have four spiritual fathers that don't believe in the same thing. You are already you are already going. Amen. Amen. So this is a big deal and we need to keep we need to keep Looking at this, you see, when you when you hear uh, people talking about we need to have our own uh, uh, edition of Christian Big Brother, for example. In fact, that one has crossed from evil company. They are now being discipled. Amen. What is which one is Christian Big Brother? If you want to watch Big Brother, watch Big Brother. What is what is Christian Big Brother? But or people that. That's the most, that's the most annoying. People that say they are gospel, uh, artists, and then they just take a secular song, remove the, remove the lyrics, put cleaner ones. But you see, I began by talking to us about the life force. Whether you 
anybody that does that, it doesn't matter how many times you say Jesus. We already know where that force is coming from. With you, it is weak. But with the but with the person that got it from the source, it is strong and it's, it's already um, converting you. You see, this evil company, the way you should look at it is, how many of us did a tug of war in school? You know how that game goes. The side that is pulling you the most is the winning side. So anybody you say you are, you are showing the love of Christ and you notice that they are pulling you to their side more, please run for your life. Amen. Amen. Of course, there will be people that you will pull to your own side, which is Jesus' side. But if you notice that the pull is stronger on the other side, don't, don't debate here at all. You will lose. You won't be sharp. You won't be God's, you won't be God's, uh, soldier. Amen. Amen. Because I said earlier, we're, we're taking, I believe that eight years, we're taking territories. Imagine you get into a new territory and you don't really, you've not really sorted this out in your heart. After a while, it will weaken what you are doing. And you might even become part of the problem. So evil company, it says, do not be deceived. Don't allow Satan win you here. You must, you must win here. Hallelujah. We see have, I have a few more minutes. Let me show you two more. Let's go to Galatians chapter six. Hope you are blessed. Verse two. Verse 2, verse 3. All right. I love this scripture. It says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he does what? Are you seeing how people deceive themselves? It says the man is nothing, but he's thinking that he's something. It says he deceives himself. See, whenever people tell me that I'm very, I'm humble, I, I, I hear that a lot. But what I don't always say back is, what will I, what will I be? If I'm not this, what will I be? Because there is no life in the other one. Everything I am today, everything that people appreciate, it is here. This is how life is coming to me. This is how I'm giving life. So what will I be? If anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, this something there is not talking about your God you. It's talking about whatever you think you are, outside God, whatever identity you have put on yourself that God did not give you, 
or the one that God gave you and it's no longer clear. Remember, Revelation talks about clear perception. The one that God gave you is no longer clear. You are now doing anyhow. The Bible says you are deceiving yourself. Look at it. It says when he is nothing. You see, God, God always knows your, God always knows where you are. God always knows your real, your real state. That's why you should be done with abstract things. You see, I was thinking about this yesterday. It is a, it is a proof of life. One of the reason, one of the ways to know somebody that is living, it is a proof of life to know when you are dying. Hallelujah. When life is leaving you, because you have life, you know that life is leaving you and you know where to go. You know what to do. All this show, all this performance, it won't help all this hypocritical, uh, relationships. Amen. Do you know how many people are, are very lonely? But they know a lot of people. But when the chips are down, you can't, you can't call, you can't call anybody. You know, yesterday, Pizak was, when he was sharing the vision, he was talking about how if sometimes if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want uh, Daddy Gio to encourage you, you might not need that encouragement again because you would have lost your mind before that's if the encouragement would would even come because the man does not even know that you are you are existing some of us will never meet that man till we get to heaven amen and that's okay hallelujah just focus engage the life that god is giving you and just make Jesus happy. That's what we're here to do. We owe him our lives. So if anyone thinks himself to be something. And there are many churches. There are many communities arranged on this. But the Bible says. Or the apostle says. We are deceiving ourselves. The final one. James chapter 1. This life force will ensure that you overcome deception. Do you know how many married people are deceiving themselves? People are just doing things anyhow. Pastors, everybody is just, just scamming everybody till they discover that their life is destroyed. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Um, what verse now? Let's look at verse 12. I'm looking for the verse that says, if you, if you, um, hear the word and you don't do it. Sorry? 22. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If you read it from the TPT, the Passion Translation, it says, do we have TPT? 
It says that when you don't, when you hear the word and you don't do it, TPT says that is the essence of self-deception. It means that when you take self-deception, break it open, the essence, the full manifestation of self-deception is to hear the word and not do it. You see, sometimes, many times, people don't, people don't do the word because they believe it's just one of those things. They believe they have options. I think it was on Friday, Pizak was talking to us about putting all your eggs in one basket. Amen. That's how to live. That's the, that's the real, um, apostolic generation. You see, when you have put all your eggs in one basket, nobody will beg you to do the word. Amen. Because that's, outside that, you are, you are dead. Do you understand? And there is something inherent in human beings. Nobody wants to die, really. Whether physical death or spiritual, they just, people are deceived. That is the issue. Nobody really wants to die. All these people on the street, nobody really wants. That's why we need to keep trusting God, speak to them um, before it is too late. Look at it. It says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Is Gabriel in church? Gabriel, what's the meaning of essence? Can you help us? Essence. The core. Amen. So if you are looking for an example of self-deception, it's saying that when you hear the word, and you don't do it. You are, Satan doesn't need to. Satan cannot come more than that again. Amen. You are already deceived. And if you don't retrace your steps, you will just be going from there in a wrong, in a wrong direction. But that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. I hope you have been blessed. We'll pick this up some other time. But I just wanted you to um, appreciate the life force that is flowing. What we are engaging is living. It is active. And every, every, every one in this house, I encourage you to arrange your life in a way where life is constantly coming to you. You will always... Be an overcomer. Amen. Amen. There is life in everything. Amen. Amen. Even in our jokes, even when we were, even, even when you are laughing, how, look at yesterday. How many of us were, when last did you have fun like that? Do you know that if you, if you go to the club, you can't have half of what's, 
we had yesterday. Because any fun that will spoil your life eventually is not, is not fun. No comedian. Everything in-house, everything raw, everything natural, powered by the life of God. And you are refreshed, you are strengthened, you are restored. And I see us, I see us doing that on a higher, a higher level. Nothing dies in your hands. Amen. Nothing dies in your hands. Whatever crisis anybody is going through, just engage, engage the life of God. You would always rise, you would always rise higher. Hallelujah. You will always rise higher and most importantly, you will be God's kind of person. This is how we would harass the enemy. This is how we would, we would bully Satan and we will be everything that God calls us, calls us to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Hope this helps you. Please, let's think about this and God will keep expanding it in your hearts. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. You can, you can take your seat. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Obi, for, for that word. Amen. That is such... That is such a word. Amen. And um, I believe that one of the ways that we know that God has faith in us is, um, is his decision to speak to us. You get it? If God is, when God decides to, to talk to us, it's because he has faith in us. You don't, you don't build a thing if you don't have faith in it. And he's building us because he has so much faith in us, you know. And um, and that's what the epistle, the epistle is about. It's it's our it's a document of of doctrine. It's it's the epistle is the old document of doctrine. It is the manual of life and the tool for transformation. And the birthing of a new man. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the document of doctrine. The manual of life. And tool for transformation. And eventually is the, is used for the, it, it leads to the birthing of the new man. And that's what Pastor Obi has been, um, has been speaking to us. You remember, um, uh, Paul was speaking, I think, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, is this second now, chapter 3, where he was talking about, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others, epistles of, of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. 
So Paul is saying that we have gotten the work to a point where the people have now become the epistle. Because the truth is, when, when you are reading the epistles now, you are reading the story and the life of people. That's what we're actually doing now. Am I correct? Reaching in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us. So the epistle is ministered. It is, it is the teaching that is the, um, is the, is the manner of releasing the epistle. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in the tables of, of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. You get the point now? So, uh, it's not just, it's, it's beyond writing a letter or a note. It's actually inscribing truth. In what? In the heart. So it's actually heart to heart. Because the apostle says that it, 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 it's written in our hearts. The word is written in our hearts. You yourself, you are in our heart. And then when we minister, we are ministering to your heart. It's such a serious stuff. It's, it's heart to heart. And that's what leads to, to transformation. Heart to heart. The heart must be connected. The heart must be united. And that's why you will see the theme of the epistle is always, let us be of the same mind. You get the point now? If there is no heart to heart engagement, there can be ministering. There can be the ministration of the epistles. And that's why we have a large church without a common life. You see, the church in Nigeria or Lagos, for example, is huge in numbers. But we, the, the life is not common. The world cannot say, this is how the church behaves. Why? Because there is no ministration. At different levels, there is no, there is no epistle written in the hearts of the ministers, one. And two, even if there were... There is no heart-to-heart engagement that can cause there to be the, the right channel of transfer. Are we together here? And so, we need to do something not just about our preaching. We need to do something about our arrangement. We need to do something about our fellowship. There is something wrong with the koinonia. How we fellowship is determining whether there is ministration. So, ministration is not good preaching. Ministration is joining of hearts. The preaching can be powerful, but yet, there is no ministration. The heart, and that's why if there's anything the enemy wants to do in any house, is to make sure that the hearts are not connected. One, make sure that the spiritual leadership has no connect. With the people. You see, has no connect with the hearts of the people 
the, the, the spiritual leadership might have a connect with the money of the people. There won't be any form of ministration. It can have a connect with the idea of the numbers. There is an excitement that can just come because of numbers. You can see the people in numbers. But the people are not to be seen in numbers. They are to be seen as what? As hearts. There has to be a fusion of hearts. And um, if there's anything the enemy also wants to do to you, is to get your heart cut off. If your heart is cut off, then there would not be what? Ministration. And that's what Pastor Obi has been preaching, especially when he was talking in, in the book of, um, you see, First Corinthians chapter 15. You know, the old book of First Corinthians was Paul trying again to get his children hearts back to his own heart. You know that was what happened? The old book and that was what caused their derailing. And then you see Paul beginning to talk about I'm your this, I'm your that. Other apostles had come in. Am I preaching here? Other apostles had come in and messed up the old stuff. And then the fruit of it was very obvious. And then Paul had to come again and say, you might have many instructors, you might have this, but you only have one father. And he began to speak, he began to brag about his apostleship. He said, you guys are going to make me like a fool now, but I don't mind being a fool. So that I can get you guys on track. And then began to lay again the doctrines of Christ and began to... Now, even though these guys are derailed, they were still doing stuff. They were, they were still not lacking in gifts. They were still powerful. But you see, they, they, they are derailed from the, from the accuracy of, of, of conformity to Christ. And if you check, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you, would, you understand the issue that people had come in who just wanted to make merchandise of the people. Yeah, that was the crisis of, 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 the, of the Corinthian church. Go read the old book. The people had come to merchandise the people and their hearts had become fra- fragmented. Hearts have become fragmented. Some of Paul, some of Cephas, some of um, um, Apollos, and um, even some of Christ. And um, you would think those who are of Christ are the accurate ones. That you can be talking that I'm of Christ and it's all carnality. It's all carnality. Said right now is just you see. Right now I'm not even. You see I'm tired of church. It's just this thing is a personal relationship. It's just me and Jesus, one on one. And then you sound all spiritual, but you are you are carnal. Are we together here? You see, the issue is not, the issue is just them being fragmented. It's not that Paul had an issue with people loving people, loving an apostle or whatever. It was just about the the fragmentation on the heart. Because if it was about people, Paul says, some say, I'm of Paul. But later in this same book, he was actually saying, yes, you are of Paul. Because he said, you may have many instructors, but one father. Are you getting the point? So the, that was not his issue. His issue was just a heart that is fragmented. A heart that is not united. 
there is strife among you, there's this among you, there's envy among you. It's just, the hearts are not together. And that's affecting ministry. And, and the enemy is going to try and do that. Now, when, when Pastor Obi began to talk about the first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, if you, if you look at that body of, of scripture, the issue was somebody else had started Another set of people have started to preach something different from what Paul was preaching. The word evil is not, when he says evil communication, corrupt good manners, he's not talking about those smoking the go that they will corrupt you. No. The word evil there actually means worthless. It's worthless. It, it, it falls short of what you should be engaging. The quality is low. It's not Christ. It's, it doesn't have worth. It says, if you walk in love and, and, and you are communicating with that level, you, this is not working in love. You are being foolish. It says, it's, it has the, even though it's worthless, it has the ability of corruption. And um, it will take out what was even good in you. Yeah. Evil company. Evil company will always what corrupt good manners and this evil company here is the complaint of those preaching contrary to what paul is preaching that's what made them evil it's not it's not that they are bad people in in them um, they are smoking or they are drinking that's not the context here go to verse one let me show you quickly moreover brethren i declare to you the gospel which i preach to you which also you received and stand and, and in which are you together with me? You, you are standing on what I preached. That is, that is, that is what it means to be apostolic. That there is, there is enough word that you can stand on. That the reason you are not falling is because you have, you have linked up with revelation knowledge. You have linked up with knowledge. And that knowledge has become the ground of your stability. It's not just good preaching to your brain. It's what has formed foundation for you. Why you are standing when everybody is falling. Marriages are collapsing, but you have linked to revelation. Souls are being depressed, but you have linked to revelation. And then you are standing on it. And Paul says, what you are standing on, I preached it. Are we together here? So you see, it's not just fine preaching. It's life. That my life is working. Why? Because of what was communicated. I've received from Paul. And I stand. Right? By which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word. Which I preach to you. Paul is assuring the people. If you hold what I'm saying, you are safe. You are immune from corruption. Unless you believed in vain. Unless, unless you didn't truly believe it. Paul is saying, if I look at you and, and you have been, disaster is hitting you left and right. And you are still saying, you listen to me. You didn't listen to me. You, your believing is fake. You see, that's how sure Paul is of what he's preaching. Let's read you have to be fast. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. Huh? So, 
That is the strength of apostolic ministry. Apostolic ministry is not just saying nice things. It is download from heaven. I received it. It, it can't be fake. I didn't, I didn't go and check TDJ's uh, um, Bible devotion. I didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't go copy from Joel Austin. If it's apostolic, it, it has to be received. Are you together with me? <laughs> Apostles don't do copy, copy you. They received it. In. Now, what did Paul receive? Christ died for our sins according to scripture. That's what Paul is saying. Now, what I received is that Christ died for our sins. And it's according to scripture. Amen. So, you can't receive anything if we cannot, if we cannot verify the scripture. I have the right, no matter your apostleship, I have the right to disagree. Am I preaching here? If it's not what? According to the scripture. Right? And that he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. You don't get the point. He's saying that Paul was not there when, when they saw him. And they didn't report to Paul. Paul is saying that the man Jesus engaged to a point where Jesus explained how I saw it. And listen, I can tell you, I've seen things like this. The Lord has taken me to 1972, 1975. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. The last revival, the SU revival, God took me there and saw it and told me what I need from that to use now. It's, it's, I've seen it. Yesterday, over the night, I went, the Spirit of God took me to the heart of God over the night. And God told me three things that are necessary for you to have, for Him to give you the kind of wealth He's desirous to give. He says, oh, this is no wealth. I mean, I'm I said, the Lord told me, took me to his heart. The Spirit of the Lord took me to the heart of God. And I heard from God's heart three things. It's received. This is not joke. It's, 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 not, it's not diligent study. It's received from God. It's, un, it's unnatural. It's a spiritual thing. After that, it was seen over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep. See the details that Jesus gave Paul. And that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also. Are you done with that verse? Have I finished that verse? Go back, please. Eight. As by one born out of due time. That there's a work I need to do. That's why there's this level of download. Am I preaching here? That's, that's, it's not like I'm amazing. It's just that there's something that must be done now. So God, God is hasting up my, my, my growth and all of that, giving me this level of download. Listen, this, this house, this house, I, I don't mean this church, I mean the house of the kingdom. This kingdom is a supernatural place, it's unnatural. Right? For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. When I found out that I'm the least, when I found out I'm not deserving, and I saw that grace came, I tried to cut up with labor. 
Yet not I the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you? It was this, how do some among you that he started talking about till he got to evil company. So according to Paul, these ones, this some are evil company. And the reason is that they are now raising another thing outside what we preached. Now, if they raise another thing outside what we preached, the work we have achieved in verse 1 and verse 2 will be destroyed. You will no longer be safe. How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? How do some among you say? What, what? We have come to preach something to you and then some among you are now preaching something else. Paul was not going to take it lightly. Alright? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Yes, we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. In fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the falsehood of those who have fallen asleep. For since by one came dead, by also by man also came the resurrection of dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one to his own order. Christ the first root, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till all his enemies put under his foot. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under. So you can see all this teaching is to deal with the nonsense some. Am I preaching here? I say. But when he says all things are put under him, it's evident that he put all things under him. It's expected. All right, let's read. Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the son himself will also subject him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead do not rise at all. Go back. Why, are, why, why then are, are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? Like, what am I doing all this thing? I put my life at risk. And people are saying, if I just die, I've died like that. I have found by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Me, I die daily. If in the manner of men, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me if the dead do not rise? Then let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived, guys. Evil complain. Corrupts good manners. So you are deceived if if you are always around complaining. 
that teach contrary to what you have learned in Christ. You are a deceived person. You are deceived. That's how I know those who are deceived. I check their complaint. For example, if I'm preaching something now that is in scripture and I'm emphasizing it and then some people now rise and preach otherwise and are talking otherwise and then you, is that complaint you, you like? Ah, you are a deceived person. That's the complaint you, you like. You say, we're walking in love. You are a deceived person. You are deceived. And very soon, the good in you will, be, will, be, will become bad. Because this thing is a matter, it's a serious matter. We are going to give account to. Friends, I'm going to give account of everything I preach. And you are going to give account of what you do with it. And so it's, it's, it's not, it's not Sunday message. It's not a Sunday message or on Wednesday. This is what I preached on Wednesday. It's not that. And that's why we wait on him and say, Father, give us revelation. Give us understanding. What are you saying? If it is to sound nice, we have books to buy. We'll just buy book. We have uh, It's That Frog and all those, all those books. Seven habits of effective people. I will buy it. I will talk about say no to procrastination. There are things to say. I went to school. <laughs> I went to school. I can talk. I can talk. Resp- See, th- there were times I used to go for conferences where I would talk about how I made my first one million. Even though the one million did not complete, it was like, nah, nah, something that I said, you know, so you have to be tenacious. Now, tenacity, we, you think, do you think, do you think talking like a mumu is how, is the only way I can talk? It's because they have become, there is absolutely no need to be eloquent anymore. The matter on ground, the urgency of it has caused me to forget eloquency. It's a serious issue. As I'm speaking, I'm seeing Satan with his fork, with everything, trying to choke people and I say, I will. You see, when you see the war, you do, it will, it will affect how you dress. The war that I'm seeing like this. And I say, you know, don't worry, be happy. Da, da, da. I said, don't be, hey, don't be happy. Don't be happy. Let's get into joy because this happiness, Satan will finish you. It's a serious matter. It's, it's a serious matter. Listen, we are, I'm aware that we are going to go to the ground and die and face the maker one day. I'm aware of that. It's not, it's not a theory, a, a, a knowledge that I'm not aware of. I'm so aware of it. Listen, preparing for death has become more valuable to me than living on earth. Every day on earth is preparation to meet the maker. Evil communication. It's called good manners. Alright, we'll meet in second service. Second service will be sweet. God, God bless you.